From the Office of Social Justice of the Christian Reformed Church of North America, this is the Do Justice Podcast. Hello, welcome to Do Justice, a podcast of the Office of Social Justice of the Christian Reformed Church of North America. In this episode of Do Justice, we resume Kate's interview with J.J. Tenclay. J.J. Tenclay spent four years in Italy as a missionary for the Reformed Church in America, working with migrants, refugees, and asylum seekers. She returned to the United States in July of 2018 and is now the Refugee Ministries Coordinator for RCA Global Missions. She's thankful to have seen the image of God reflected so diversely in the faces of those to whom, and with whom, she serves abroad and is excited to continue serving the RCA as it continues to develop a faithful response to the ongoing global refugee crisis. Let's go now and hear the second half of this two-part interview. What resources or tools or lessons have you learned along the way that have allowed you to stay engaged with this stuff even when it's gotten so hard? And what, what would you pass along to folks who are listening to this who might really resonate with this idea of just the fatigue that comes with this? How do we stay at it and stay hopeful when all the headlines seem to be pushing us in the other direction? Yes, and, and amen to that. You know, I think one of the big things I realized is as Christians, we really need to go back to the Bible and read the Bible from a point of view of migration. Because once we start doing that, it is amazing the the wisdom and the conviction that the Bible gives us when we talk about caring for the stranger, the foreigner, the sojourner, the orphan, the widow, the the oppressed, the prisoner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when we're talking about forced displacement and migration, we are talking about all of those categories. Um, And sometimes for people, they experience all of those categories in in the midst of the trauma and, and loss that they experience. Um, and so it really is going back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? What what does Jesus want us to do as, as disciples to care for those who are forcibly displaced and are seeking refuge? I, I think there's a lot the Bible has to say. It has been completely eye-opening to me. And so that's what continues to strengthen me, um, is the fact that I have decided to call myself a Christ follower. This is my passion in life. And in the midst of that, I feel God is calling me to care for those who are displaced and seeking refuge. And so I often have to go back to the Bible. Okay, what what does it say about growing weary on this? What does it say about taking care of the the foreigner? What does it say about, you know, this and that? And and that's where I, I build a lot of my strength from. Uh, another piece of it, of course, is the people. Um, when you connect with people who have experienced these traumas, but also have this amazing resiliency. One of the things we haven't talked about yet are are the strengths and the amazing people that I've had the opportunity to work with who just because of no fault of their own or no choice of their own have been forcibly displaced and are seeking refuge. The resiliency, the joy, the way that they live life, the way that they are so compassionate uh, and empathetic towards others, the way that they continue to hold on to their hopes and their dreams, it's such an amazing thing. Uh, and it's part of this discussion when we talk about displaced people that we don't talk about often enough. Um, so it's connecting with the people. It's connecting with their stories. 
one of the things I found is, no, we cannot solve all of the problems. You know, every person that came and shared their story with me in Italy, whether it was through church or whether this the social service, you know, work that I was doing, we couldn't solve all problems. But one of the biggest things was letting people know that we were there and that we cared about them, that we saw them, that we were taking the time to listen to their stories, that we prayed for them. And that connection really made a big difference. And so it's connecting with the people. So as I'm talking with people that are, are learning about this situation for the first time, are trying to figure out ways that they can become engaged, we break it down into five different action areas where people can explore if this is where God is calling them to, to engage uh, these issues. And that is to pray, advocate, welcome, partner, or give. And so if you go to the rca.org website um, and type in refugee resources or just type in refugee, you'll find it. Another project that we're working on right now is a partnership with faithword.org and uh, RCA Global Missions. And we've started a refugee and migrant storytelling platform. Because one of the things that I have learned is, A, it's really important to create a safe space for people with a migration background to tell their own stories. You know, sometimes I'm called to tell stories on people's behalf as a missionary because they're not here and they don't have the freedom to be able to share these stories themselves. But when, but when we can create a space for people to tell their own stories, it's, it's so much better and it's so much more edifying. And so we created this platform. So people with a migration story, uh, a migration history themselves can go and share their stories. But also those of us who've been blessed by someone with a migration history, we can share our stories too. Because what, what we really need to do is we need to listen to those who have lived through forced displacement and migration, and we need to change the narrative on how we talk about these issues. And we need to bring it back to a Christ-centered focus uh, and remembering that the people that we're talking about are all created in the image of God. They are image bearers first and foremost. So often we take these labels that we place on them, migrant, immigrant, refugee, internally displaced person, asylum seeker, but these are all man-made labels. Um, and we, we often think that we have the right to judge people based on the labels that we give them. And what I'd like to do is change that narrative. Let's listen to the people. Um, let's, let, let's create a safe space for them to tell their stories. And then those of us who've been blessed by people with a migration history, let's share our stories too. Let's change this narrative. Let's let people know um, in the words of the Office of Social Justice that, that those with a migration history are a blessing, not a burden. And this, this phenomenon of global, cri uh, global displacement um, is not a crisis, but, but an opportunity. So you can go to faithword.org slash refugee stories, um, and hopefully we can put that in the show notes, uh, but it's faithward.org, um, and you can check out this refugee storytelling project um, and let us know what you think. You may even find that you have a story to share as well in the midst of that. Um, and then the last thing that gives me hope is so often when we're talking about displaced people, we forget to think about how we can help people who've been forcibly displaced from their homes return home. Because one of the things that I learned in sitting down and, and taking the time to talk with people who've been displaced is, yes, so many of them want to return home. 
Um, so we need to focus on finding those opportunities to do that. We, we make the assumption that once people are displaced, that they will continue to be displaced. Um, and part of that comes out of history, because as we know right now, the average time of forced displacement for people is an average of 20 years. But wouldn't it be amazing if we could change that? If we can find ways to help people return home um, as soon as possible to rebuild their lives, to rebuild their communities there. So one of the projects I'm working on right now is in partnership with uh, an organization called Partners Relief and Development. And we are rebuilding a school for 400 to 500 children in Iraqi Kurdistan and providing intensive trauma care. Um, so most of these children are Yazidi children. And as you may know, um, there was a campaign by the Islamic State in 2014 where they came into Iraqi Kurdistan and started an attempted genocide and ethnic cleansing of the Yazidi people. We know that thousands died. Um, young girls were being sold off as child brides. Young boys were being forced to convert to Islam and fight as soldiers for the Islamic State. Um, many people died in the process. But those who have survived they need to be able to return home. They need to rebuild their lives. And um, we can't think of a better way of doing that by rebuilding a school in an area where it has now been deemed safe to do so. So the school uh, is projected to serve 400 to 500 children as soon as it opens and to provide intensive trauma care so that not only these children, but their families and the community can heal from the atrocities that they have experienced in the last six years during this, this time of genocide ethnic cleansing, and forced displacement. JJ, thanks so much for doing the work that you do to try to give people opportunities to engage. I think that, you know, one thing that really stands out to me is how often you have talked about story, that it is through hearing one another's stories, through telling our own stories, through paying attention to the stories of scripture that we can uh, kind of remember our humanity, uh, remember the things that are that are common about us and allow connections to be made. And I think that that's such a hopeful note to end on is to just to remember the importance of paying attention to one another's stories and being part of the hopeful stories of the future. So I just am so grateful for the ways that you have um, made that possible and easy for people. So I hope that everyone who's listening is able to connect to some of the things that JJ talked about. And uh, JJ, you are such a wealth of information on this Stuff. I'm just grateful that God has called you to this work and to be a partner of mine in this work. And um, I'm so happy to know you. Thank you so much for all of the wisdom and the stories that you have shared with us today. Thank you, Kate. I really appreciated our time together. To conclude this episode, I'd like to share with you a reading of the Immigrant's Creed from the Book of Common Worship, 2018 edition by Westminster John Knox Press. The Immigrant's Creed is read by Viviana Cornejo, originally recorded for the Antioch Podcast, a podcast of conversations about biblical anti-racism. Viviana is an advocate for the Office of Race Relations. She moved to the U.S. in 1995 from Chile. The Immigrant's Creed this creed professes the Christian faith through the experience of an immigrant. I believe in Almighty God, who guided the people in exile and in exodus, the God of Joseph in Egypt and Daniel in Babylon, 
the God of foreigners are immigrants. I believe in Jesus Christ, a displaced Galilean who was born away from his people and his home, who fled his country with his parents when his life was in danger, and returning to his own country suffered the oppression of the tyrant Pontius Pilate, the servant of a foreign power, who then was persecuted, beaten, and finally tortured, accused and condemned to death unjustly. But on the third day, this current Jesus rose from the dead, not as a foreigner, but to offer a citizenship in heaven. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the eternal immigrant from God's kingdom among us, who speaks all languages, lives in all countries, and reunites all races. I believe that the Church is the secure home for the foreigner and for all believers who constitute it, who speak the same language and have the same purpose. I believe that the communion of the saints begins when we accept the diversity of the saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sin, which make us all equal, and in reconciliation, which identifies us more than does race, language, or nationality. I believe that in the resurrection, God will unite us as one people in which all are distinct and all are alike at the same time. Beyond this world, I believe in eternal in which no one will be an immigrant, but all will be citizens of God's kingdom, which will never end. Amen. The Do Justice Podcast is produced and edited by Eric Nykamp for the Christian Reformed Church of North America. Our opening theme was written by Quetzalcantla, transitions provided by Valentin Sosnitsky. Until next time, remember that the Lord is righteous, He loves justice, and the upright will see His face.